everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Stranger Things. Today we'll be covering the fourth episode from Season 3, titled Chapter 4, The Sauna Test. Loved it. Yes. Did you like it? Uh, I loved it. Yeah, it was a good, good episode. Uh, again, just makes me love the actor that's playing Billy. It was just, yes. I got that like in my thing is, oh, but yeah. Great yeah, we're going to, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about it. I know we've got some points coming, but I, so I, I love the scary elements. I'm loving, they're bringing in like the eighties horror. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah, totally yeah. injecting it in, in the season. And I am here for it. So without uh, further ado, let's start off with our top five. Sean, I would love for you to start us off this week. What is your number five? Uh, my number five, they didn't really have a ton of interaction, but we definitely got to see, uh, you know, the more aggressive hop in this episode. And my yes. number five is essentially just hop versus the mayor. So, you know, hop has surprised us in multiple seasons with his investigation work. You know, there's times you see him and you're like, well, this is just a small town bumbling cop, you know, but season one, season two, he's cracked some cases. And in this instance, he kind of did the same thing, you know, yeah, he gets his butt kicked. He's looks like he's post-concussion. He's getting sick. <laughs> no kidding. And, Dude's throwing up, man. And oh, nude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but he is still able to connect the dots. You know, uh, Joyce talks about the, uh, you know, the Russian guy, the motorcycle, and that triggers him to be like, oh, I saw a biker in the mayor's office and leads him right in there. And this is this is the hop that gives no fucks. Like, he's, he's there. He knows the mayor's hiding something. Yep. He's the chief of police. He tries to... Kind of do the blackmail a little bit, be kind of like, sure. oh, you know, like, what about the time I found you with that white powder, the time you're banging, you know, your secretary, <laughs> and, you know, the mayor thinks he's got an ace in the hole. He's like, what about your pills, and you're drinking on the job, and then Hopper's like, all right, just going to beat the shit out of you then. And like, that cigar cutter scene, like, that That, looked, that was uh, intense. Yeah. I think he was going to chop his finger off. If, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure if if he still kind of played the you're not going to do this card for much longer. He would have been a finger short for sure. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, that I, was a great scene. Yeah. It leads us into, so this land that they know of, that's kind of been in the area of the stranger things, universe of stuff happening, been sold. And now they're going to go in and investigate that. And obviously it's going to be the new theme park that they're building in Hawkins. It's of all going to be safe. The Russians are like, Hey, guess what? It's Soviet. Park land, where the park, you park the park, the park is you. <laughs> I love, yeah, Russian themed water park. That would be, <laughs> that would be lovely. Would it, wouldn't it be, well, I don't know. I don't know a lot about Russia, so I just won't interject with anything, but wouldn't that be something fun for all? Yeah. Um, but no, it, no, nothing, nothing sketchy going on here whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so what are your thoughts about that whole scene between Hop and the mayor? It was very intense, very <sighs> exciting, and kind of got the story progressing of this these Russians. And it, it looked like yeah. the mayor was scared too. Like it, he was like, "You don't want to mess with these guys." Like I'm, he's doing this more as to protect himself instead of For gain sure. anything. For sure. That yeah, I'm with you. That was a really great and intense scene. Hopper doing what he does best. You know, he is smart. 
And like you said, even being slightly concussed, he was able to connect those dots pretty quickly when Joyce pointed out, she's like, it wasn't a car, it was a motorcycle. And he's like, wait a minute, what? And, you know, he, so he was able to put that together pretty quickly. That's what I love about Hopper. He, you know, can he's smart and he he's able to connect those dots and, you know, and it, 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 it gives us a pretty good pace too. So we're not just fumbling around trying to figure it out. Right. Um, cause we're all thinking the same thing too. We're like, Hey, we saw that guy, you know, or at least the back of the guy's head in the mayor's office. We saw that guy in the restaurant when, you know, when Hopper was there, um, you know, and clearly that's who it looked like there in the shadows fighting them at Hawkins lab. So we're all putting it together. We want Hopper to put it together just as quickly and let's move this thing along. You know, we're already at the halfway point, right? We want to get some shit happening here and get some answers. So I love that whole scene. I like Hopper. Like you said, zero F's this episode. And, you know, even though the mayor was throwing back at Hopper, because you'd think that the mayor would have a little bit more swing over the chief of police, because basically the chief of police answers to the mayor. That's the only person he really answers to. Um, You see, you'd think that when the mayor's sling back, oh, well, how about those pills? Did you happen to have a prescription for those? Hopper was so unfazed. He's just still just kick back like... You know, it's just rolling right off of him. And he just seemed like, I'm like, oh, dude, you are cool as a cucumber. I don't know what he was feeling on the inside, but his outward, you know, um, I love that because I, I, I show everything on my face. I may not say a word, but you're going to know everything <laughs> I'm thinking just by my facial expression. So me, I'd probably be going, oh, shit. Oh, shit. You know, um, all over my face. Uh, but yeah, he he definitely, I think the mayor is pretty shaken up, not just by getting the hell beat out of him by Hopper, but clearly these guys mean business. And, um, but I think in the moment he was more afraid of Hopper than he was those guys because he did end up spilling some information. Um, we got to see his house. Now, how the hell much is a small town mayor making? Yeah, it's, I mean, Hawkins is probably what, like 20, 30,000 people. Um, and to me, it seems like Hawkins is probably like the, the center hub of a county. So it's probably somebody that comes from old money or something like that. I doubt it's, I doubt he's making money from being a mayor. He's probably got money coming in from something else would be my guess. Well, I know in my extremely small town that is, and I don't know what we've kind of settled on. I feel like season one Hawkins was a lot smaller than season three Hawkins. Um, I know that. You know, I don't. I don't know the exact population of what's considered a small town, but season one and season three seem just a little bit different as far as what they consider small town. Um, I mean, this town can actually support a mall. You know, you got to have a pretty good dense population to be able to support a mall. Um, but I'm pretty sure the mayor of my hometown had like a full time job. Like the mayor was like his mayor gig was like his side gig. <laughs> wasn't a full-time job because you was not making any money off of it. That was like your side job that you were in there for the county council meetings or something like, or city council meetings and things like that. You know, that was not your main source of income. So I don't know what this mayor's doing. Maybe he's a little bit, I mean, I think we already know he's kind of crooked. So maybe that's why, maybe he's taken some money off the side or something like that. But really great scene all around. I love also Joyce, you know, being like his lookout in the um, outside room with the secretary. Yeah. <laughs> and she jerks the phone uh, line away. And she goes, who are you calling? The police? <laughs> oh, she's brilliant. I love Winona Ryder so much. So all of that was just absolutely brilliant. Um, so I like all your points there. It's a good number five. 
Yep. Do you have so what do you else? have? Nope, that tidies up my number okay. five. So what do you have for your number five? My number five is I want to talk a little bit about Nancy and Jonathan. So they get in some trouble. Now, of course, we know that uh, their boss has been body snatched, uh, just like Heather and Billy and we think Miss Mrs. Driscoll too. Um, and I'm sure her mother. Um so but they're they're still in trouble anyway. Like the cop was even like, you know, do you want to tell me what the hell's going on here? So they're they're in a little bit of trouble. And they end up getting fired. And so we have this scene between Nancy and Jonathan in the car on the way. Jonathan's kind of pissed. I and clearly Nancy is pretty upset too that nobody's listening to them. They're just being dismissive of them. And when they're trying to do a job, they end up getting fired for it. And I think Jonathan is feeling like he's gotten dragged into it. I know he kind of was like, you know, not really trying to hold her, maybe hold her back a little bit. Maybe he was. But I feel like he wanted to be supportive. Like, I want to be a supportive boyfriend. But hey, I don't want to get fired for this. You know, let's just leave this to someone else, just give them the story and let them do it or something. He, and he was trying to kind of push her that way. Um, and we find out, which we already know, I mean, we've seen their home and, you know, Joyce is a single mom. Um, you know, he tells her, he's like, you know, you don't have a clue what it's like, you know, mortgage, college tuition. These are things you don't have to think of. Um, and Nancy comes back and she's like, you don't know what it's like for me and what I go through. And, you know, it's really at this point, it just really this whole situation just kind of sucks for both of them, because when you're in that type of situation, you're really not going to understand each other at all. You just have to kind of be there for that person. And I don't think you have to understand um, because you may not. But I think you just have to be like, I, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I'm here for you. And vice versa is kind of probably what they sh- should do. Hopefully they come to that point. But I feel really bad. I mean, I think Jonathan, they both had some really good points. I mean, Jonathan is probably helping his mom pay the bills. I would assume so, yeah. You know, because she's like, it's just a summer job. It's not, you know, your life's not over. And he's like, "Um, you know, I've got bills to pay. I bet because, I mean, because I think we talked about in an earlier episode, um, like how the heck is Joyce supporting her family, you know, and keeping that house and paying just all the bills that come with home ownership, plus two kids to support feed, you know, feeding them, putting them through school, things like that. Just just daily life, not even any extras, you know, just to kind of throw maybe a little theory out there, too. So Joyce is talking about moving. What if she's not actually wanting to leave Hawkins, but what if she can't keep the house anymore? Maybe. And now that's on Jonathan's plate. I mean, even then, like, you know, this is the 80s. This was a time where not everybody could go to college, too. Like, you had to have the money to go to college. Absolutely. Today's age, it's like, you know, it's like, hey, you want money? Here's money, you know. There's going to be some college loans for everyone. Yeah, there's going to be a little interest on it. You're going to be paying for the next thirty years, but here you go. You know, you're eighteen year old kid. Yeah, but then, but back then, you had to have the money. And you know, my parents were kind of you know victims of this, not victims, but they kind of fell into this trap too. Even if you were smart and had the grades, they'd be like, "Oh, well, you don't have the money to go to school, so you probably should find a job." And that's probably what Jonathan would have ended up here. This internship probably would have turned into a full time gig for him. Because right. you know, again, this was a time and age where you didn't have to have a degree really to get into the door in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a lot of pressure on a kid who's coming from lower, lower middle class, maybe even below middle class. And, you know, she doesn't have those, you know, she has a different set of issues that she's trying to deal with that he can't relate to. But then again, she can't relate to his too. So it's just like you said, it's, it's a very crappy situation for both these guys. It is. And, 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 
who are you going to be mad at? It's like, well, we could both be mad at, you know, the newspaper, but that doesn't get us anywhere. You know, we could bitch about it, but then it just kind of spreads into, okay, well, now I'm mad at you because you caused it. I'm mad at you because you're not supportive enough. And exactly, I, I, I hope this gets worked out because I like these two together. Again, I'm not a shipper either, but they, they always seem like they kind of fit together. Yeah, I do. I do like her and Jonathan together more than I like her and Steve. I think they just they mesh better. Um, and it's funny because they actually date in real life. The yeah, actors, I know. So that's always kind of cute. Um, but yeah, I hope that they're able to come together. And like I said, you don't have to really understand. You just have to try to be there for that person and maybe just listen to them. Um, and yeah, she has a point too. She's dealing with this freaking eighties sexism that, you know, it's just, it's not in your face, but it's just like enough to make her feel dismissed, not listened to. She's not worth listening to, you know, but I mean, Jonathan had a point too. He's like, we were interns, you know, we're supposed to fetch coffee, get lunches, you know, do those silly office errands. And here she's wanting to shoot for the moon and grab this story. So I really do see both sides of what they were both going through. And I understand how they don't see eye to eye. I hope that they are able to come together though and, and kind of see that and not really blame each other um, for those situations. I hope Jonathan kind of lays off her a little bit and doesn't really blame her for getting um, fired. And Hey, since the, the, uh, the editor guy, their boss is like, you know, Hey, maybe if, you know, if he dies from whatever infection he's got being body snatched, then they'll get a new boss. And maybe they'll get their jobs back. That's so, true, yeah. Hey, there's a, there's a bright side, right? There's a bright side to everything. <laughs> I mean, if this wasn't Hawkins and all the weird stuff wasn't there, and if this was a real business and besides the sexism part, which, you know, you know, that's something you would sue about today, which you should sue about. And the, those men should be fired. Right. But let's say that wasn't happening. If an intern did what she did and he did, they probably would get fired in real life. It's like, why mm -hmm. are you going like you're an intern for a summer and you're causing us potential lawsuits? Yeah, like that would be a big deal. Yeah, big liability there. So absolutely. But then again, if he throws out lawsuit and the sexist parts was happening or the harassment was happening, he's like, okay, well, you'll get sued for this and I'll sue you for this too. So exactly, it's a win-win for me. Right. Yeah. I don't know that there were that many sexual discriminations or lawsuit lawsuits happening in the eighties much. Women just had to put up with a lot of a lot of shit. That's mm. for sure. Um but anyway, that's that's my number five. What is your number four? My number four is uh I think we got the best line out of it, but you know, you can't spell America without Erica. <laughs> yes. Uh <laughs> Love, love that, but it's my number four is just a Russian basement. So mm. we have this whole spy situation with Erica, you know, crawling through the vents, breaking in, pulling down the lever or pushing the button, I guess, to to open it up. Dustin, everybody breaks in, and I love too that you know in the moment where you, you get Big Brother, so you get Big Brother Steve in this, where you know he's pushing everybody back. He's like, "Get back!" And Dustin is sitting there. He's like, "No, if you die, I die too." Yeah, <laughs> like it's. It's not an emotional moment, it seems, for Steve. He's just like, okay, and pulls out this canister of ooze. I know. That was a long, glaring moment between them two, wasn't it? I, I almost thought my Netflix was buffering or something there for a moment, <laughs> how it just kind of, they were just staring at each other while they're, you know, like, okay. So. But, but yeah, we got this weird Russian, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ooze. Um, they aren't able to get out, and we see it just, like, start falling down into a basement, so... I don't know if they're getting trapped, if they've basically you know set off a, a trap and an alarm, and 
they're going down somewhere where they're going to be exposed for breaking in, or if they've actually just found a way to get even deeper into this Russian conspiracy that's going on at the mall. I feel like nothing good is going to come of that for sure. I would be scared shitless um, had I been stuck in some elevator and all of a sudden it just starts dropping like that. That, I think, um, I mean, I'm not a fan of elevators anyway, uh, just because I, I get motion sickness. And yes, I do get motion sickness in elevators, people. You can laugh. It's okay. <laughs> um but I, yeah, I love that. I thought this this is actually my number two, um, at least Steve and Dustin, their relationship is my number two. So just to kind of touch on what, what you said already, you know, I, I, we've talked about it before, how much I love their f- friendship. And I feel like, you know, they have this like brother, you know, relationship, like mm-hmm. Steve is like the big brother and um and I love whenever, yeah, you said that you die, I die. But then there was the scene when Dustin was trying to fit through the air vent and he's like, push me through, push me through. And he starts pushing the speed and he's like, no, touch, touch my butt. Touch my, <laughs> it's okay. Just touch my butt. Push me. <laughs> and he starts like pushing him on his butt. It was hilarious. Um, I liked it when um, Dustin gives him, gives Steve crap about winning a fight. He's like, have you ever won a fight? <laughs> and, it, and it's nice because it again reminds us that in season one, we all wanted Jonathan to just beat the hell out of yeah. Steve, right? Because Steve was a, Steve was Steve the D, right? Yep. And then in season two, we wanted him to pummel Billy, you know, because Billy was the asshole and we wanted Steve to win and beat him up. Of course, he didn't win, but he tried. Um, and that's an, one of the reasons I've said time and time again that I love this show because they can take a character like Steve that I cannot stand and then make me like them. You know, season one, we didn't like him. Season two, we like him. We still like him. Um, you know, who knows who they'll do that with next. But I love that. And I love that their their relationship Um so it was super fun that they go on their little secret spy mission. They involve Erica, Lucas's little sister. Uh, she, that girl can negotiate. Capitalism. I mean, I don't know how old she's supposed to be. I can't remember how old she was supposed to be when we were introduced to her last season. Um, but she's just that annoying little sister that I'm sure anyone who has a little sister or younger sibling is quite familiar with. Everyone is probably like, oh my gosh, yes, that's how my little sister was. But this girl is paying attention and she uh, is definitely taking advantage of the situation by getting free ice cream for life. Um, But yeah, those boxes, it looked like freaking VX nerve gas. I don't know what the hell that stuff was, but I, they're, I wouldn't be touching it. I, as soon as I lifted that thing up, saw something swirling and moving and glittering or whatever the hell it was, it'd be okay. Yep, it's going right back down into that little chamber. No thanks. Great scene, though. And I think, um, I mean, I'm super, super anxious to see what happens next. Where the hell does that elevator lead? Yeah, the only weird thing I could see in that, if, if they were so concerned about guarding it, why weren't the guards there at night or somebody patrolling? Right. That was the only kind of, and that's, again, that's probably more plot pointer. <laughs> Again, yeah. you could be like, well, this is small town Hawkins. Who's going to be trying to break in here? But yeah, it's that was the only thing that was kind of like, uh, okay, what's what, what's not right here? I bet. I mean, I'm just going to play devil's advocate and just think, you know, I know that those Russians were clearly pretty serious. I mean, they had freaking machine guns for crying out loud guarding the door. But I'm going to say that they're a little complacent. And probably thinking who in the world would be suspicious of us in this small town with a mall as a front for whatever the hell it is that's happening. So I'm going to just go with that because that's 
I can believe that more than I can just believe that they would just go leave it unattended. Because again, talk about a risk. Erica's just on the other side of that vent. And they're like, do you see anything? No, I don't see anything. And she's like super loud. (laughs) And she's like, if they were booby traps and I could see them, then they'd be shitty traps. (laughs) And I'm thinking, you better be glad someone's not down there. We're out of your eyesight because you are loud, girl. Um, You would have done been had. So anyway... Um, I'm just going to go with that explanation. Might not make any sense, but it's how I'm making sense in my head before, you know, without nitpicking all about it. So that's a really great number four. My number four, um, we had these groups of kids coming together. So we talked about that. You know, we've got some brains, brain power coming together. We got people talking about their stories. And now we had the other group of kids coming together. We've got Dustin and Steve, or sorry, Dustin with Steve and Robin. And then Erica has joined their little group for a time. Um, But now we've had... L and Max coming back together with the boys because they're all like, hey, something is happening. And this is what we talked a little bit about last week um, before we watched um, episode four was, hey, I hope the kids start all coming together. I hope all these groups, they're starting to find these pieces of information. I hope that they all start talking to each other like, hey, this has happened or this is what we found. This is what we stumbled upon. And this is the episode that we at least got some of it. Not everyone came together that needs to, but we have more of it. And we had the kids working together. Um, And then we had um, Hopper and Joyce, you know, they are coming together and they're confronting the um, mayor about the Russian on the motorcycle. We talked about that. We found out that he works for Starcourt and they want to expand and they're buying up land. Why? Don't know yet. Um, hopefully we'll find out, but we're finally getting some elements kind of coming together. The pieces are starting to form, and I love that. We're we're getting a good pace. We're on what episode four? Is yeah, four? we're at the halfway. So point. we're at the like halfway four point. More episodes left. I know there's there's a lot more that needs to happen in four episodes. So I feel like we're really going to be like we're kind of coming up at the top of the roller coaster and we're getting ready to swish down at a super fast yeah. pace, I think is where we're at. I could be wrong. I'll find out when I go watch the next episode after we're done here. Um, so I can, I can find out what the hell is happening, but I feel like we're, we're finally up here. Everything's starting to kind of come together and we're going to whoosh. Um, and, and the kids know about Billy, um, the mind flare. It's all, it's all definitely coming together, but just quick and simple. Everyone's kind of coming together and finally talking. I hate it, hate it, hate it when there's little groups of, of people, like they're part of a larger group, but little pieces of them start segmenting off and they all start finding things out and nobody will ever get together and freaking communicate. I just yes. scream at my TV like, please, will somebody pick up a phone, pick up your cell, or I guess in this case, pick up your touch tone and, <laughs> or your walkie talkie and please communicate with each other other you know put well, get your information together especially in like these situations like this is hawkins indiana you've had a year and a half of like really weird stuff happening like any sign that something isn't right you, like that's what joyce did she's like magnets aren't working right not just in one place in multiple places that doesn't seem right right mm-hmm. right okay well let's figure out what's going on exactly Yep. So that's my number four is just everyone finally coming together, um, at least in some groups, and finally just communicating, talking to each other. I get so mad when people just don't talk to each other in these, and they just drag it out. You know, they drag out these storylines and the plots and it makes me crazy. So anyway, what is your number three? I like it. Uh, so my number three is pretty short and sweet, really. It's just, I really like the scene between Nancy and her mom. You know, yeah. Nancy's 
you know, comes home early. Her mom just had this weird kind of almost cheating thing with Billy. So I think she's kind of reevaluating her life mm-hmm. and talks with Nancy, kind of giving her that, you know, just that good rah rah speech. It wasn't even like a rah rah, like fake speech. It was just kind of like, you can do what you need to do kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, we've heard some stuff with, with uh, Nancy's mom where, you know, it seems like she married for convenience more than love. And, you know, 100%. I, could, I could see her being a person that, you know, wanted to maybe do something like that, be a writer, be in the newspaper, do something that she enjoyed. But instead, she, like I said, just kind of did the convenient, what you're expected to do kind of path. Yep. And I really feel like it was a realization for her, too, where, you know, she's talking with Nancy because, you know, Nancy says, like, you know, she gets it from her because, you know, mom's like, I don't know where you get it from. Because I think, she, you know, to some extent, she, her mom probably feels like she's a failure in life because she isn't doing what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just kind of a nice emotional moment for both of them. And uh, I really, really enjoyed that scene. I thought it was well acted, thought it was well paced, thought it was really well shot. So I said, not, not a ton to really say about it. I don't know if you have any input on it, too. But, yeah, just that moment between Nancy and her mom. I do. That's actually my number three. So I'll oh, just nice. chime in with the notes that I have that you haven't already touched on. And I do like that moment between Karen and Nancy. I feel I really felt bad for uh, Karen in a lot of ways because I feel like she it's just kind of like typical mom where the, all the kids, they're all kind of yelling at each other throughout the house. You know, Mike was yelling at her, uh, mom, get off the phone. You know, and they're yelling back at each other because she's upstairs. He's in the basement. They're yelling at each other from up, not yelling in a mean way, but they're, they're just not communicating. They're all just kind of like, you know, come down for dinner or this or that. Um, or she's, you know, hollering at them as they're going up the stairs and they're just completely ignoring her. I feel like Karen probably tries to talk to her kids and they're just like, ugh, mom, go away. I think we saw that in season one too with her and Nancy. You know, Nancy just kind of shut the door on her, not wanting to talk. And Karen's like, oh, I wish you would talk to me. So I love that she's at least trying and that she is there for her kids when they need her. And I loved that that speech that she, or I guess maybe not really a speech, but the conversation Karen tells Nancy, she says, it's not easy easy out there, Nance. People are always saying that you can't, that you shouldn't, that you're not smart enough, not good enough. This world, it beats you up again and again until eventually most people, they just stop trying, but you're not like that. You're a fighter. You always have been. I honestly don't know where you get it from. And I feel this whole thing that she just said, she did, she went through herself. I feel like, and I don't know the whole backstory on Karen, but I feel like Karen, you know, out of high school, uh, maybe she tried to go to college and for some reason couldn't. Maybe she had a dream job. Maybe she had something she really wanted to do that she was passionate about and the world beat her down. She was told somewhere, you know, whoever it was, whether it was the world, whether it was her parents or, or whatever, telling her she wasn't smart enough, not good enough. And then she just ends up kind of settling down like, well, I can't do this, whatever my passion in life you know, that I, I really wanted to do and excel at. I failed and I let them tell me that I couldn't do it. So I did what you're supposed to do. And I found a husband and, you know, because I, we kind of hear in, was it season one when Nancy was telling Jonathan or maybe it was season two, she's like, I don't think my parents have ever really loved each other. I, I believe that. And I think, you know, we kind of see that here. I think that she found herself a person that's reliable you know, Ted, say what you want about Ted. You know, we give Ted a lot of shit, but I don't think Ted's going to, he's going to be that reliable guy that's always there. 
Um, he's going to be there for dinner every night. He's not going to go cheat on you or anything. And he makes, he lives in a small town and makes six damn figures. Yeah. Back in the eighties too. Back in the eighties. So he's the guy that you marry, right? So I feel like Karen was very much in a similar situation like Nancy, but she let it beat her down and, you know, she couldn't find it within herself to continue. And she's trying to have Nancy learn from her mistake. Cause I feel everything that she said here, she was talking about herself. So I, I love that. Um, the whole female empowerment. And we also have, you know, kind of tagging along with that, not just of that, um, those two, but also with Max and Elle. Um, I love, they had this little sleepover and Max pulls out a Wonder Woman comic. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was just <laughs> gleeful. I was like, yes. Um, Wonder Woman was my favorite from the time I was like five or six years old. Since I was old enough to know anything about comics and superheroes, Wonder Woman was always my uh, favorite. I had Wonder Woman underoos. Um, sorry if that's TMI, but I wore those things all the time. It was like my costume. Um, you know, I would come home every day and put on my Wonder Woman underoos, like a superhero costume. Just love that. Um, but I love that Max, again, in this episode, uh, continues to expand Elle's world outside of that tiny little cabin in the woods that she's contained in all the time. And you know, she helps her find this world outside of the cabin, outside of Mike, and she helps her find her own interests and her own true self. I mean, we we mentioned it before, Elle just, she doesn't know who she is. You know, she's always, um, you know, she's either been an experiment and trying to please Papa, you know, um, in her previous life, and she's having to fight demigorgons. She does get to meet some friends. She becomes Hopper's daughter, adopted daughter. And so her, her circumstances have improved, you know, a lot, but she still doesn't quite have a sense of herself. And I love that Max is helping guide her. Like, she's not pushing her to one thing or the other. She's just opening all of these doors for her and saying, you pick what you like. You know, you you choose you. You be your own person and don't be who Hopper wants you to be or who Mike wants you to be or whatever you be you. So I love that. There's a lot of female empowerment and um, I don't know if I've said that enough in the other seasons. I think someone tried to point out to me that I've only focused on it during this season. I felt I've touched on it in season one and season two a little bit. Was we've had some good, strong female characters. I think I've talked about them before, but I thought we have. I, but maybe I not. thought we have, but maybe I don't talk about it as much as what I have here. Uh, maybe it just hasn't been as focused. But I've always felt that, even if I haven't always said it. So I just want to kind of throw that out there as a note. But I love everything that you said there. I thought that was a great scene with Karen and Nancy, um, and that went in along well with my number three. Do you have anything else? You want no, to say about that? tidies up a lot of that too. It's, I think you made a lot of great points on it. Awesome. Well, I have already. Um, let's see, number. It's your number two. So yeah, it's kind of skipping to the end a little bit, but you know, we saw that Billy and and then we're kind of starting this little what seemed to be an army. You know, they they grab her parents, they take her there. You get a face full of mind flare. And inject whatever you inject in it to become <laughs> the zombified version of yourself. But at the end of this episode, we see that the mind flare is slowly growing a rather large army of mind flare zombies. Mind flare, um, high. It's like a hive mind kind of thing mixed yeah. with zombies. They've been busy, man. Yeah, and it's uh, and again, like you know. We've seen the the trailers and stuff. We know that there's a big fair coming up, our big like festival. 
Uh, it's going to be super interesting. To see. Like you said, I feel like we're going to at the top wait. of this roller coaster. We're going to be going down. It's just going to each episode just going to be super intense and faster than what we're ready for, probably. But seeing that army was very like again. We talked about you know the body snatcher aspect of this, the horror movie aspect of it. Yeah, it's going to touch on a lot of genres that is going to really get intense. I feel. Seeing that, like you've got to have all of our characters ready for this. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw the Mind Flayer army? I was a little scared. Um, not like scared, like, ah, holy shit, but just like, oh, wow. They, it's not because, I mean, we've only seen Billy, Heather, and her parents, Mrs. Driscoll, quite sure what's really happening with her. She's kind of a little bit more, she's not as calm as those other folks. Um, I was worried. I thought that they're very quickly taking over. I don't know what, I don't know how many they feel that they need. I mean, I'm guessing they're wanting to do the entire, well, town world. I don't know really what their goal is, but they're, it was troublesome. That's for sure. And I don't, um, I'm trying to kind of figure out how it works exactly. Like there's like this one main monster, Right. Then he's doing the sucker face, alien sucker face to them and turning them into like taking them over and controlling them. Is that what you're getting from that? I feel like it's like a hive mind kind of thing where you're kind of in control of yourself at time. That's the way that uh, Will kind of explains it, too. It's like I felt like I was in control until it wanted to take control of me. Then I lost all control of my body. Mm. So that's kind of what I feel like is going on here. Okay. But the scary thing about this too is we don't know who is affected by this and who isn't. Right. That's what always creepy about these kind of body snatcher kind of scenarios. Or you know, like you compare it to like zombies and stuff too. It's like, well, who's been bitten? Who hasn't? Yeah. And so now you have all these, you know, like you go around a corner somewhere and you're with, let's just throw it out like you're with a hop or you're with Mike and all of a sudden you go around the corner and it's like, Oh, guess what? Nope. It's not Mike. It's the mind flare. It's not hop. It's the mind flare. And I'm just throwing these out as like crazy examples, but it, you kind of get to the point it, or the thing, this is very much like a thing type of scenario. Oh God. Yes. I love you, the thing. Oh, the original yeah. Kurt Russell, man. Oh yeah. The, the prequel sequel they did was really good too. Was it? Oh, I yeah, haven't. I, I don't think it. I've seen any of the new ones. The original 1982, The Thing, was one of the best freaking horror movies. Yeah, God, it, if you haven't really seen good. it, go watch it, man. It is so good. The The prequel does a good job. It's not really spoiling anything, but it's basically about the people that they they go and see in The Thing. Oh. So it's it's like a prequel right up to the point where they the dog goes running into the the second camp, the first camp from The Thing. Oh. But I mean. That's the test that they're doing here. You know, they're throwing Billy in the sauna. They're heating him up and trying to figure out, are you That's infected? Right. Like and when they so were drawing I, the blood in. Yeah. Sorry, this is a spoiler. If you haven't seen it, damn it, it's 1982. I'm going to talk about it just a little bit. But when they draw the blood and they mm-hmm. like put the fire to it, and that's when they, they know who's infected and who's not. Yep. Oh, my God. It's such a good movie. But, yeah, it's like, who do you trust? You only trust yourself. And, uh, and super spoilers. Have you heard the theory at the end of that movie? I guess not. So, you know, Kurt Russell, I can't remember the other character's name. They're, they're out by themselves. The, the, you know, the building's burning down and yeah, they're like, well, I guess we made it right. And he's like, yeah. And he hands him a bottle to drink. Okay. The fan theory that's out there is that was like, um, ethanol or gasoline. 
and Kurt Russell character was testing the other person since he took a big swig of gasoline and put it down and didn't react that that guy was infected. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's kind of a cool fan theory. Damn it. You know, I haven't, I haven't read things on it. You know, I've just watched the movie. I haven't like read any fan theories on it or anything like that. Oh, damn it. Now I got to go watch it again. Yeah. That's, that's my number two is that, and again, it's just, I'm really excited to see this episode five. Like I said, it's eight episodes. I think it's a great number of episodes for this too. It's going to pick up even quicker. And it's just that now we're going to see an army of mind flare zombies. Yeah, a little scary. I think if you don't know what you're looking for, like Jonathan and Nancy don't really, they don't, they haven't, well, like I said, not everyone has come together and talked like they all need to be coming together and talking. Because she said to Jonathan, she's like, did you see him? Was he on drugs or something? You know, talking about how, you know, he was just kind of acting strange and sweating really bad. Um, So, you know, clearly, yeah, I mean, we know, um, and, and the kids know by looking at Billy, you know, they see, they spot Billy at the pool. He's, you know, uh, not without his shirt. Cause then they even joke about that. They're like, when does he not have his shirt on? (laughs) You know, and it's like, well, if you look like Billy, I would walk (laughs) around topless all the time. If I looked like, you know, my 18 year old self again, I'd be walking around in a bikini, you know, (laughs) I'd be in a bikini 24 hours a day. I wish that I, you know, as much as I complained about being fat at 18, I wish that I was that skinny fat again. Um, I'll tell you, I would walk around and strut that shit all day. So, so it, they know that that's out of character. Like, why would he be covered up in a hat and a towel and these long sleeves and such and being, you know, so covered up um, and trying to stay out of the sun because the sun and the heat get to them or, you know, got to the mind flare and they try to stay cool. So, you know, the kids know that, but Jonathan and Nancy don't know that. Um, they just attribute it to him acting strange and like, oh gosh, was he on drugs or something? So yeah, I, I'm so ready for like to, to get the rest of this story and find out what's happening. I can't wait for that big 4th of July um, fair that they're going to have. I think there's going to be some real shit that hits the fan. Um, that's a really good number two. I've talked about my number two, talked about Steve and Dustin and their relationship and, and, and the whole spy game that they were, that they were doing with Erica. So what is your number one? Uh, so my number one, I'm going to jump back to the sauna and I don't, I mean, I don't really, the sauna test itself is one thing, but I kind of want to focus on scared Billy. Okay. And I'm curious what, so seeing this moment, it was before Will kind of had the, you know, the goosebumps on his neck. Mm-hmm. Billy was like legit scared. It seemed it was him, mm-hmm. you know, realizing that like he's watching these things happen. He couldn't stop it, and he kind of slowly start to see his hand move to the glass after, or it was around the time or right after the goosebumps started. So, mm-hmm. to me, in that moment, it was Billy legitimately scared. I agree. And to see it, like I mean, Billy's this you know, the guy who was probably going to kill Steve, like. He at least hurt him extremely bad. Like that mm-hmm. was a scary moment. And to see a guy like that break down emotionally, I think shows just how powerful this mind flare is and mm-hmm. how evil it is. Cause you think Billy's a bad person. I don't know if you'd say he's evil. He's probably kind of up against the cusp, but for somebody like that to see true evil and be scared of it is a very just impactful moment. And I thought he did a great job acting in the scene too. Like it was very emotional just to watch it and, Mm-hmm. Seeing Max's reaction too, like her and Billy seem to have this relationship that's not like very 
It's a tumultuous. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough, tough relationship. And she seemed to be like very empathetic towards him in this moment. So Yes. And and I love too when she was talking, like when this was happening, she kept saying, like, please don't be like basically please don't be like don't don't be this thing. Mm-hmm. Because I think she was scared that he was and she just didn't want that to happen. I don't know if because she was scared that he would take this and run with it or because she still has these like love feelings for her stepbrother or brother, I'm not sure. I don't think we've really settled on. I think they're stepbrother and sister. Yes. Is it just her, her mother is married to his dad. So, yeah, they're step, step siblings. And clearly, as we saw in last season, no love lost between those two. No. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he was very much an asshole and a bully to her and to Lucas and the other boys for sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, so your thoughts too, you're thinking that that was kind of a a legit scared Billy, not a mind flare. I do. I've read some things online where there were some people of the opinion that he was under the control of the mind flare and the mind flare was trying to flake them out. But I'm with you. I don't believe that. I don't think he was faking when he was pleading with Max. And, you know, I think that he was scared about what was happening to him. And I think he's aware of what he's doing even if the mind flayer is in control, he's Billy is somewhere. His consciousness is back in the background somewhere, and he's aware of what he what the mind flayer is making him do. But clearly, he has no control over it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, even though Billy has established himself as an asshole last season, even up to the very and uh, in, in the end in the finale, you know, it doesn't mean that he is evil or a murderer. On his own. Um, Yeah, he was beating the hell out of Steve. I don't know if he would have killed him. I think he would have done some serious damage, that's for sure, and hurt him really badly, um, more than what he did. Um, But I don't think, just because he's an asshole and is a bully, I don't think that that means that he deserves being possessed by something nefarious like the Mind Flare. I think that um, not having any... I'm a control freak. If something took me over and and was controlling my movements and and everything that I did, even if it wasn't necessarily anything evil, just not being in control of my body and my mind would be terrifying to me. But then you're also out there kidnapping people and and turning them into these like mind flayer zombies, you know. Um He's out there doing terrible things and he has no control and he's scared to death. And I, you know, I think, I definitely think it was him. Dacre Montgomery, um, who plays Billy, just absolutely killed it in this episode. And I think he has shown some really great range and I hope he gets some recognition, you know, for his work here. And I hope it leads to a lot more rules for him when Stranger Things is over, of course, because I, I, want, <laughs> I want him to be on this show for as long as possible. I want to see where this takes his character. Um, I don't want him gone yet, but I hope that he gets some some good recognition from it and he's has lots of good things to come um, out of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally, um, totally on, on the same mind. I don't think he was faking. So, so yeah. So what's your number one? And the sauna test. Is the, <laughs> and, but that was definitely part of it. That was a big part of it was me thinking that he's not faking it. He doesn't deserve what's happening to him. Uh, he's doing such a brilliant job, but also, once the mind flayer did take over, holy hell, was he strong? Oh yeah. Or what? I mean, what a great scene when he was finally able. I mean, he busted down that door uh, from the sauna. You know, they had that bar stuck through it or that pipe. They had it chained up. He was able to bust through that, and he was able to overpower L. 
like when he picked her up uh, and started choking her, I I verbally gasped. I was like, <gasps> I was nervous. I, mean, I thought because it was it was a squeeze, and like I was like, is is this the death of L? Did you hear battle- the music? Did the the if you if you watch enough horror shows and shows like this, the music is playing that's really got you tense and on the edge of your seat, like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And the minute that he grabbed Elle and started choking her, it, like, went silent. And that's mm. typically right when that person who you think is going to come out on top is actually, oh, shit, in trouble and usually dies or is incapacitated. And when it went silent, that's what gave me the chills because I thought, oh, Elle might die. What if, holy shit, is, is, are they going to go there? Are they really going to do that? Um, but yeah, super strong. He was choking L, and then the boys come in. I loved it. The boys come in, and what I loved, did you catch when Mike came in with the bat and started whacking on Billy? That was very much, um, sorry, spoiler alert for the new It that um, came out a few years ago, the first one, not the new one, but uh, when Mike came at Pennywise with the bat, yeah. like that, was I that a little that reminiscent? Too, yeah. Did you get that? Good. I had a feeling you would because I know we both. Now I'm going to have movie. to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the boys come in fighting, um, gives Elle a moment to kind of compose herself, and she picks up Billy. I mean, okay, so I, I'm kind of going over. I'm going too fast here because I really loved this whole exchange between Billy and the kids. She throws the weights at him. I love that. That was a great visual. And you can see how strong she is when she keeps like mentally pushing those weights into the brick wall. But then when he's able to just push mm. them away, I was like, oh, shit, this guy That's is strong. Time. First time she's really been overpowered, it seems. Yeah. I mean, we've seen her struggle. We've seen, you know, as she she kind of learns how powerful she is. Because I don't think she knew right away. She knows that she has powers. But I think that they, you know, when she was under, when she was basically a lab rat, they kind of, they tried to teach her to expand those things. But I don't think that they really ever taught her how much her powers, or maybe they didn't know how strong she really was with her powers. But anyway, she's definitely learning now how powerful um, she is. Um, but that was scary. And I liked it. I mean, I don't want the kids to not win and I don't want Elle to not win, but it's good to see someone who can challenge you. And he was a, a great adversary when he was able to fight back and be as strong as what she was. Um, but she was able to overcome him, uh, lifted him off the floor, and man, she just tossed his ass uh, out that brick wall. And I was like, wow. What a scene. Um, and when he starts running away, um, after he picks himself up off the ground and the kids are watching him run away, um, we'll meet again starts playing, <laughs> <laughs> which I just laughed because it's like, yep, I have a feeling you guys are all going to be meeting again um, once you get your shit back together and come up with a new plan um, and what to do next. So I love that whole you know, last five, 10 minutes, however long that it was, you know, from the time that Billy comes out of the shower, which I'm, you know, didn't mind at all. Um, and, and, and from yeah, the they time they kind of had that camera a tad bit low. I mean, come on. You know, like I said, you just sometimes, I mean, they, hey, I, we got to see the side of Hopper 
nude. I mean, we got, <laughs> we got a little side ass action out of Hopper and you know, that that's not terrible either. So I, I feel like you got to pass it around a little bit and you know, it's okay. Let the boys show a little, little flesh. <laughs> we women are showing plenty. Let the men show a little bit too. I think, um, I'm an equal opportunist. Uh, <laughs> An equal opera nudist. (laughs) Yes, there we go. That's a much better term. But anyway, that's that's my number one. Just great. I mean, God, this was a great, that whole damn last five minutes. Like I said, great 80s horror elements. Um, That was scary. The lights are flickering. Billy is yelling. And you can like hear that change in his voice. He was Mm -hmm. very scary. His skin's changing with the black veins. Yes. I mean, he went from like this scared. I know he's supposed to be like 18 and out of school, but he seemed like a little boy. Oh, yeah. Scared and lost in one moment. And that's why I'm really applauding Dicker Montgomery and how he's able to, you know, um, his range and, and shifting from this, you know, I felt it. I really got that from him. I thought he did a great job from the scared little boy to this angry monster. And he, it, it was brilliant. And the whole thing, it was scary. Um, and I believed it, every bit of it. And I was on edge for sure. And again, like we say every week, really hard not to just let it play through onto the next Oh, episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's my number one. Did you have anything else you want to talk about the sauna test? Anything in that scene? No, I think you hit everything on there. It's I like I want to see this mind flare versus L battle again. Like it's going to be really and like what do you what is she gonna, like is Billy like the the stronger of these zombies or I don't know are they all kind of less strong or it's it's gonna like I said I'm again watching probably episode five tonight. I know yeah I'm I'm not kidding after like I say every week the minute I'm done here um it's like see you bud uh, I'm off to watch the next episode that's for sure. Did you have any notes? Uh, I've got two good one liners. Uh, so the operation child endangerment uh i loved <laughs> yeah. when erica was getting ready she's like all right nerds she's uh, so funny and the other little thing that made me laugh was uh when dustin licked steve's uh scooper and he takes it back and spins it he's like not my scooper how many uh, how much do you think he had to practice slinging that ice cream scooper i don't know it's it's a skill um because those didn't have like a like a little ring or trigger guard yeah. type thing to spin There's so no, he just spun that like nothing that was yeah Pretty awesome. A little bit of practice, I assume. Yeah. Really but that's good. really all I had for notes. I love that. Um, so I have just a few notes that we haven't already talked about. So during that scene with Jonathan and Nancy in the editor's office, I've got to learn this guy's name. I swear. Heather's dad, the editor's office, whatever the hell you want to call him. When he's just railing at them, like he's standing up over them, being very intimidating, yelling at them. And then he kicks, he either kicks his desk or his chair. I don't remember exactly which, but the minute, if you watch... Um, if you want to watch or go back and watch just that scene, when he kicks the desk or chair, the camera angle tilts. It's like, and that's a, a technique called the Dutch angle. There's probably other uh, words for it as well, but it's um, a, a, a technique that they use with the camera to create tension. And mm. if it's not used right, it fails. I mean, it has to be kind of done just right in a movie or a TV show. Here, I think they did it brilliantly um, because clearly this guy is unhinged. He's possessed or whatever you want to call it, and he's off the rails. And it's a very tense, scary situation. And, you know, if you watch, the camera is straight. And then as soon as he kicks the desk and chair, it tilts. And it can be any degree. It can be – I've seen it – 
if you watch a video on in different movies and TV shows, when they do it, they show a camera angle and it's angled like 10 degrees, 14 degrees, or just, you know, whatever. And it's just done brilliantly. I'm a nerd about like the technical side of, you know, these things. I'm a little bit of a nerd about it. And I just, I love that. I like that stuff too, because it's very subliminal. Yeah. Because I do remember seeing something happen. A lot of times when you catch that, you're like, well, was that a mistake that just got through? Or is that something that like it was intentional? And it's cool to know that there's like an actual technique behind it. There is a technique. And I, and like I said, the Dutch angle is kind of meant to create tension um, and in a scene. And I think that definitely was a tense scene and it was used brilliantly because it happened the minute he kicked. I couldn't remember if it was his desk or his chair, but it made a very loud bang. And as soon as he kicked, the, the camera tilted and it was brilliant. Um I really liked that opener with Billy and Heather and her parents when yeah. they, uh, that was creepy. I mean, it wasn't like super scary, but it was just like, oh, had this really creepy feel to it. You know, when they are imploring their daughter, you know, they, they're they thinking Billy has dragged her into something terrible. Um, and nope, she's all up in it too. So that was a really creepy, intense uh, moment. Um, I really liked the scene where Will draws with the charcoal when he's talking about, you know, what it feels like with the mind flare and what it was like being inside. And is he still like, was he, did they trap him on the other side and, you know, instead of in the upside down when Elle shut the gate? Um, I just love the show continuously uses these creative ways and techniques of explaining things. And I thought that was a really neat and creative way for Will to explain that to the kids. So I just like, you know, drawing attention to those kinds of things. Um, I thought it was really sweet when Hopper joked with Joyce about working with him. He's like, you'd come work with me at the police police department because she's great at detective work. You gotta love Joyce. She would be absolutely perfect. Um for that. So I thought that was a really sweet moment. Um, there was a note. I, I put this in notes instead of feedback, but we had um, uh, someone reach out to us um, via Twitter. This is from at 379RST. Um, they said, haven't heard it discussed, but I thought the exploding rats all congealed together, forming a large blob monster, which attacked both lifeguards. So I thought about that. Do you... I guess I didn't put that together. Did you think about that at all? Whenever, remember in the first episode, we talked about the rats and they're all exploding mm-hmm. and, and then we, we didn't see them move. We just saw them explode. But at Mrs. Driscoll's in her basement, the rat, ex- oh God, I'll never get that damn image out of my head. The rat exploded um, and it, that slimy, gooey mess that was left crawled out of the cage down and onto the floor. And apparently that's what, was able to possess her somehow. Yeah, maybe that's that's what's getting infected. So those rats are going down, they're exploding, then they're going out and finding hosts. So maybe... Or, well, I think what they're saying here is that all of those rats, when they were rushing to that mill, the closed-down mill, and then they're all on the floor exploding, then those rats all form together to make like kind of like venom or like the terminator t2 when he uh explodes into like when they freeze him and they shoot him and he explodes into a million pieces and then all the when they warm up all those little little pieces all come together and form the full form do you think that's all these rats like thousands of rats exploded came together magnetically or something not magnetically but you know came together and then formed that monster that could be that would make sense I think that's what they're saying. 
And if I'm wrong. Because that one rat that, because uh, the, the old lady kept saying, I have to go back. Yeah. So that could be. Yeah. That was, that was weird, wasn't yeah. it? That sheep, that was messed up. And when they passed by that mill, when she's in the ambulance, she reached out with her yeah. arm really quick. Anyway, thanks for that little note. Um, I don't know that we have. I don't. I just don't know that I put that together when all those rats were um, exploding, or whenever it exploded and was in Mrs. Driscoll's um, basement. But that's a really good theory. Um, and if I didn't explain that right, then hey, write me back. I'd love to hear from you guys. But anyway, that's all my notes. So now it is time. We'll get some more listener feedback here. Uh, letters from the Upside Down. First one that we have is from Wendy Ott Eppers. She says, I love this episode. That excellent tension is building again, and they're able to recapture so well. The Billy Mind Flayer scene versus the kids was crazy good. Something you would expect in later episodes. I can't wait for the rest. Lindsay Dysolivia. Uh, Erica's one-liners kill me. She's so funny. Lindsay Schlick says, what in the hell was that monster? OMG, so creepy. I really hope that Eleven saying, how can you tell when someone is a host? And then the quick cut to Hopper isn't some kind of hint. Hopper has been having some off moments this season. And if he turns out to be a host, I will be devastated. If they kill Hopper, we riot. <laughs> hell yeah, we do, Lindsay. Uh, she goes on to say, I don't know where they keep finding these amazing kids, but Robin and Erica are fantastic additions this season. I love how smart Robin is, and Erica is hilarious. The last 10 minutes of the ep- of this episode was nuts. The elevator to hell, old lady, and Steve all black-veined and nuts. I was legitimately scared for 11 for a second there. I cannot figure out where the season is going, and I love it. It is so hard to behave and only watch one episode a week, but I'm sticking with you guys. Oh, oh, thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Lindsay. I, I appreciate that. I really do. I know it's hard, um, but we appreciate that so much. And thank you for your feedback. Maria Ursano Lawson. So was Billy being the real Billy when he was first confessing in the sauna about doing bad things in the shadow? Or was that the mind flare all along? I feel so bad for Max. How can she even go back home after seeing all that? I was sure Mike was done for during that fight, and I still don't get a good feeling about him making it unscathed through the whole season. Yeah, good points. Doug Fix says, holy shitballs, this is getting good. Billy and Heather building an army of flares via local assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Did you notice that when Nancy and Jonathan were being yelled at by Mr. Holloway, the frame was normal, and once he kicked the chair, the frame shook, and the rest of the shots in the scene were tilted? Hey, Doug, good eye, man. Um, He says, cool effect. OMG, the mayor is such a smarmy shit. And just when he thinks he has Hopper where he wants him, Hopper goes New York City cop on him. Made me tingle in a good way. (laughs) Loved the mother-daughter talk. Don't let the assholes get you down. Sage advice. Erica, Erica, Erica. It's about time your scene-stealing ways have emerged. Love her negotiation skills. Ice cream for life. Shrewd indeed. Still loving the Justin and Steve bromance. You die, I die. The show is ramping up on a great pace. I bet this was not the last Billy L. showdown. I bet you're right. Can't wait for episode five. By the way, Corey Hart currently lives with his (laughs) wife and children in the Bahamas. (laughs) I love our Corey uh, Hart updates. Thank you, Doug, for the update and really great points. I did notice um, 
the the chair and the frame shook and the shot was tilted. That was brilliant. I love that someone else noticed. Thanks for pointing that out. Really great points. And as always, you make me laugh. Sally Lynch mock best line. You can't spell America without Erica. That's right. She lets you know it too. (laughs) She's going to run for mayor of Hawkins in like what? 1999 or whatever year she would. I vote for Erica. hundred (laughs) percent. Joshua Diwali says, holy cow, episode four started out strong and ended just as intense. My top five. Number five, teamwork makes the dream work. Once the couples were forced to work together, they were able to find the new mind flayer and almost beat Billy. Number four, Hopper and Joyce also make a very good team. Sure, the license plate was missed, but sometimes the vehicle make is all you need. Hopper is way more observant than we may realize. Number three, shitheads. Mrs. Byers stepped up for Nancy in a big way. Just hope her hospital trip ends safely. Number two, there's good in him. I know it. Billy seems to be aware of a situation and that he is under control. Leaves me to wonder if the mind flare was playing Max or if Billy is too weak and Heather is now the stronger of those taken over. Hmm, good point. Number one, child endangerment. You guys had been talking about how much you liked Erica. I saw her as that annoying younger sibling, much like I had growing up. Sorry to my brother. But tonight, I finally saw the genius she really was. She helped out the nerds and found whatever was in those glowing green vials. Sure, the elevator to hell may actually be considered child endangerment now, but if she gets through this, she gets her just desserts. (laughs) It's getting harder to avoid spoilers these days. A friend of mine may have accidentally given away a big one, but to save all those who are along for the ride, I will not share beyond this explanation. Thanks, Josh. Anyways, until next week, whomever reads this aloud owes me free ice cream for life. Don't worry. I have lactose issues. I won't (laughs) eat too much. I guess that's me, Josh. Um, Hit me up. I'll buy you an ice cream. (laughs) Thanks for your top five and all of those wonderful points. Casey Robertson, The Sauna Test. What a great episode. We have Hopper finally realizing that Joyce isn't crazy. The Ahoy gang breaks the code and figures out the Russians are in Starcourt. Had a good alien vibe with the Mind Flare and Heather's parents. A sad but true sign of the time talk between Nancy and her mom. Uh, Will gets serious and is not playing games anymore. And last but not least, Erica and her hashtag child endangerment. Now what the hell is that green goo? Oh yeah, and the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror elevator drop. So good. Couple emails. First one we have Hello, Rima and Sean. Thanks for your podcast on Stranger Things. I love, love this show and started following your podcast during the second season. I eagerly await it each week. I did binge the third season. So good. My favorite so far. But I am watching again along with you. I love how you break down each episode because, hello, I want this to last as long as possible. Couple quick thoughts. These young people are tremendous actors. I agree on Noah. He is fantastic. So good in season two. Dacre is also so good. What a great job this season episode two the raincoat twins 11 and max on the porch in their bright yet red and yellow raincoats loved it reminded me of the shining Ooh, i don't need to be reminded of the shining episode three i love annoyed hopper not so much angry hopper but his face cracks me up when he's annoyed you can see in his face he is smitten with joyce she seems to be a bit clueless but he gets really emotional over her 11 as well um how his emotions blow up over those he cares for Carrie Elwes, great addition. Reminds you a bit of the mayor on Jaws. Hell yeah, he does. Thank you for that. Um, Because I think we mentioned that before. So thanks for that comparison. Um, 
Wonder Woman comic, Eleven is the Wonder Woman of Hawkins. Maybe the world if we get a season four or more. Poor Doris. The timing and suspense in this season, so good. The creepy song with the body snatchers. Eee! I love Elle's protective stance over her friends with Billy Mind Flayer and the sauna. That was a great scene. I too love Robin. Now they've added, er- added Erica a foursome. Favorite lines? Wrong is his default. The short Gumby Gumbo conversation. I make my own rules. The whole Karen pep talk. Girl power. Thanks for letting me ramble. Looking forward to next week. Denise. Denise, thank you for rambling. I ramble all the damn time on here every week. And you guys, I think, are listening to me unless you're fast forwarding through me. I hope that's not happening. Um, Really great points. Loved hearing all of that. Thank you so much for your kind words um, about the podcast. And, you know, I like I've said before, I don't mind so much that, uh, of course, I don't mind that people are binging the third season. Of course, you guys are binging. Who wouldn't? If I wasn't podcasting on it, I would be binging too. So thank you so much for sticking with us and for, um, like us, wanting to make it last as long as possible. Thanks, Denise. All right, our next email says, Hey guys, just finished watching episode four. Man, was that epic. The fight scene at the end was so well made. Millie Brown's acting was so good. I thought the kids were screwed after Eleven was down, but man, what a comeback she made. The army at the end was scary. Interesting to see how our group will deal with all these soldiers. Not optimistic, to be honest. Also, thank you guys for this podcast. I've been following you since the beginning. I don't have anyone to share my excitement towards the show with, so you guys are like my buddies. Love you guys. Cheers. Ollie from Kuwait. Well, thanks, Ollie. That's awesome. Dang. Thanks, Ollie. That's amazing. Um, you know, I, I I feel that. There are so many things that uh, shows and movies and things I get so excited about, and there's no one in my like real life that loves the same things that I do. So I have all of you guys um, to share that with. I have some online friends that I can talk about some of these things with. Certainly podcasting with you, Sean, about this show gives me a chance to like nerd out about this show. So that's heartwarming. Thank you so much. And Kuwait, Sean, we're still international. I know, right? Damn. We got so, we got so many places to visit now. I know. You're going to let us bunk with you, right, Ali, if I come to Kuwait, right? Um, next email. Hey, Rima and Sean. I'm going to try not to be uh, too all over the place, but there's so much I want to touch on. Okay, well, first of all, I'm always all over the place, so you are uh, welcome here. Um, First, I'd just like to say how much I love Strange Indeed and what it has meant to me. It got me through a really tough Christmas all the way back when I first discovered you when you were covering the first season of Stranger Things. I've been a loyal fan since. I love hearing your banter and your views on things. You always seem to see things so differently than I do, and it's refreshing to get a new perspective. Oh, God, you're going to make me cry. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, first of all. All right, to the show. I will confess that I binged the whole season already. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm so excited to hear your take on certain things yet to come. Touching on Will, I wonder if we are going to get a little representation of the Ace Arrow community. It will definitely be interesting to see develop either way. What is that? Ace, I'm not Ace familiar Arrow? with Ace Arrow. Oh, you've well, given. You have to write us back and let us know what that is. I've got Googling to do. Okay, homework. Um, this is kind of old news, but it was so hard for me to watch the exploding rats as an extremely sensitive animal lover. I had to constantly remind myself they're not real. They're not real. I must say that I think. I like Dustin better as a part of the new squad versus the old squad. He was always the odd one out, it seemed, but now he fits right in. When you get Dustin and Steve together, you can't go wrong. 
throw Robin into the mix and it's magic. Yeah, I agree there. Mm -hmm. Erica and Lucas remind me so much of myself and my little brother, but I wish I had half her sass. I've (laughs) I've already used a screenshot of her quote. Isn't it time you die? So many times my brother won't leave me alone. Sorry that this is so long. I can't wait for the next episode to come out. Your fan forever, Vanessa Whitley. Um, First off, Vanessa, don't ever apologize for a long message. Um, I I go on and on all the time and you guys put up with me. Um, So I love it. The longer, the better. Um, Coming back, I'm with you. That exploding rats thing was hard for me to watch. I'm, I'm a huge animal lover. If you haven't heard me say it enough on the podcast already, that's tough for me. And, you know, it's not like I have a pet rat or whatever, but I don't believe in, you know, like, oh, let's just kill some random animals or rats or anything. So that was hard too. Thank you so much um, for those kind words and, you know, being such a loyal fan, that really means a lot um, that, that, you know, you, you stuck with us. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks Vanessa. I know sometimes like when we do the show, it kind of, you always forget the reach that we have with this. It's always great to hear people talk about it. That's such a lovely thing to say. I'm going to like frame that. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to print this out and frame it. (laughs) Our next email says, all right, I waited till I knew you guys were on what I will go ahead and say is one of Stranger Things best episodes. Will's theory and falling example of the Mind Flare may be one of the best things the show has done. Thank you, Lord, for charcoal. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna skip ahead to Ultimate Showdown, Billy Ultimate Warrior Douchebag Murderer Kidnapper versus L. Carrie Hopper. <laughs> The, the moment Mike tells Billy, behind you, and L's subsequential high is one of the most badass things ever. L does her best, but we finally see her not having the upper hand for once. Also, why did it take so long for someone to help her? Stop staring and help. Thankfully, Mike came to the rescue, and just like season one, L stops the monster in his tracks. Getting thrown through the wall doesn't mess up the power of the mullet, apparently. Still feathered and lethal. When Billy is being taken care of by Heather, he says, she could have killed me. And Heather responded with, yes, but not us. Mm. That gives me the hive mind feel. Like they're all kind of one. That's one true. Unit. That's a good idea. Yeah, I don't know why it, that didn't occur to me. But yeah, it's good. That tells me that Billy is still there somewhere, more worried about his life than the Mind Flayer's plans. Also, the larger group ensemble sing along to We Will Meet Again, Shivers, man. And the words of Bill and Ted, whoa. Best episode of Stranger Things and standing O to Sean Levy, who directed it. Amazing. Loving the podcast. Think we've ramped it up. Time to turn it to 11. Thanks again for an amazing pod. Between you guys and the Dungeons and Demogorgons, I've got my post-Stranger Things binge fixed. All love, Joshua Price. Oh, that's awesome. And hey, dude, you totally hit a ton of like 80s uh, references for me. So (laughs) you're at my tops, man. Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, we also have an email, or sorry, voicemail. I was going to say email again. We have a voicemail from our good friend, S- Steve Brown. Hello, Rena and Sean. This is Steve, and this is for the sauna test. I only had a chance to, to watch the episode once, but I wanted to get my feedback in before uh, before y'all record. I loved seeing the groups. Even though they're all separate, we know they're working together toward a common goal. I loved seeing the kids back together again, working together. And uh, just, it was so amazing when, when Mike grabbed Billy as he's attacking Elle, it just, uh, it just, it, it gave me the feels to, to see him defend her that way. It was just so amazing. Uh, I loved, 
absolutely loved Hopper going badass on the mayor. That just was so deserved. And as much as I love Carrie Elway's, it was great to see that, to see how Hopper uh, was just treating him and just beating him down. Just, I don't even care, you know, with that whole, that whole attitude of, I don't even care that you know some things about me. I'm going to make you pay. Uh, so I really, really love that. Uh, can't wait to see where this is going. And it was so, so difficult to not go to the next episode at the end of this one. I'm chomping at the bit to hear <laughs> what you guys thought and then uh, to, to watch the next one. In fact, I may watch the next one as soon as I, I send this off to you guys. Um, as much as I want to wait until I listen to what you guys thought of this this episode. But I can't wait to hear. I just, uh, the, the whole Robin uh, dynamic, she's great. I loved, absolutely loved uh, Lucas's sister. She just, she stole the, the episode. And uh, so many great things in this episode. This show just keeps getting better and better. And they definitely ramped up the horror in this episode, if not already before. Mm -hmm. uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. Uh, yeah, see, if, awesome. if you're watching along, it's hard to wait. You got to just keep watching it. So uh, we, know the, <laughs> we know the struggle, but you, you can get it both ways with us. You can watch along with us or you can watch all of them and then come back and see what what we think. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I don't fault anyone for, like I said, if if I wasn't podcasting, I would have probably finished it by now too. I would have, I wouldn't have watched it in one day or anything. I would have tried to make it last a week or so just because I love it so much. And I want to be able to digest each episode and really think on it. Um, but I, I hope that you guys who are binging and listening to us, I hope you still at least come back and listen to us. If for anything to at least go, ha ha, you were way wrong about <laughs> that. Um, you know, when that episode comes around, because I'm sure I'm so wrong on so many um, things that we speculate and we theorize on, but Thank you guys so much for the feedback. We're still getting really great feedback. I love hearing from you guys. I get so much fun reading because I don't read it whenever I post it into our agenda. I read it as we are actually reading it when we record. So when I laugh and giggle, um, that's for real. And I love that. Um, you guys give me great insight and things that I don't always catch um, either and make me think a little bit harder on things. So thank you guys. I truly appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, so next week we'll be covering the fifth episode from Season 3, titled Chapter 5, The Flayed. So the description for this episode is strange, well, strange surprises lurk inside an old farmhouse and deep beneath the Starcourt Mall. Meanwhile, the Mind Flare is gathering strength. That cannot mean anything good. Super excited for you to travel to Hawkins, Indiana with us. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Tea Cast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger Cast on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. 
Yeah, Walking Dead cast just finished the mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead. We also have Legion cast going on right now. We're right in the middle of Legion, which is absolutely fantastic. So love to have you check those out. And speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, comes out every Sunday. Oh, yeah. We got some E3 news recently, and then we also got our Hall LLB where we talk about all the greatness from Comic-Con. Ooh, Comic-Con. Great stuff that came out of Comic-Con this weekend, that's for sure. A lot of stuff. It was Yeah, lots of stuff. I, I, my head was spinning at everything that was coming out. The surprises that were that were coming out that you weren't expecting to hear from. So lots of great stuff. I'm interested in hearing what you guys have to say about that. So that should be fun. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 96, Chapter 4, The Sauna Test. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Vanessa Whitley is strange indeed. <laughs>